Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. This is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Brian Wade. He's the CEO of a company called Sigster, S-I-G-S-T-R. And we're going to be talking about uh, the new GDPR regulation that's affecting Europe and actually the whole world in terms of uh, data privacy and uh, how Sigster is helping people cope with it. So, uh, Brian, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. really appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah. Well, give me a little bit of background. Um <clears throat> How did you come into this role and start Sigster and you know what problem is it addressing right now? So my background is in CRM and marketing automation systems. So uh, I spent about a decade at a company called Exact Target, which was a, a email marketing company that evolved into a digital marketing hub that got acquired by Salesforce. Um, and then after the Salesforce acquisition, I ran the product team for the Salesforce marketing cloud for several years. Okay. And um, nice. I decided to step down from that, and uh, when that happened, uh, I took a sabbatical and stepped back and looked at what opportunities might be interesting uh, for for me in my career, and I found this company called Sixter, which is uh, a platform that connects into your corporate email system. And and what was so interesting to me about Sixter, what I was looking for was a prolific system. So in other words, you can find a lot of software companies that are focused on verticals um, or on specific industries. But it's hard to find a technology that every business in the world runs. And um, with our platform, we hook into your Gmail or Microsoft Outlook and take okay. over the email signature for all of your employees. And because every business in the world runs a corporate email system, and there are billions of people that log into corporate email systems every day, and the amount of email just keeps growing that we send to each other, right. I thought it would be a perfect opportunity to take my skills around marketing technology and apply them to this channel, uh, employee email, that marketers aren't thinking about. But when you step back and look at the, the macro view of it, with the billions of impressions, hundreds of millions of click-throughs you could get by putting a banner under your email signature, I thought it was a clever way to uh, build, build a new marketing channel on top of systems that people already use every day. Okay, so Sigster, um, it creates, you said a banner as part of your email signature or under it, or what is it? Yeah, mean? under it. That's right, right. So there's two parts to it, kind of a one-two punch, if you will. So the first part is the literal signature, like the business card, first name, last name, phone number, title. That data we get from customers, either Active Directory or G Suite or Workday or PeopleSoft or wherever, we store, wherever they store the employee, uh, employee's information, and then the marketing logs into the tool. And then they create these banners, these uh, uh, images that sit below the signature that are one-to-one -one and dynamic. So um, if I'm a prospect at the top of some business's funnel, I might see a call to action to come to a webinar or to download a white paper. If I'm a customer, I might see a different banner that says, learn about the new product we're launching. Or you brought, bought product A, think about product B. Uh, and if I'm an employee, because the banner is dynamic, when people email each other inside of a company internally, we can take that over and put a banner like, hey, open enrollment starts next week. Or don't forget about the company meeting 
Uh, here are the directions to get to the hotel we're having the company meeting at. Things like that that are more internal focused. So it's a dynamic banner that uh, can change. You can put in pre-programmed messages into it? Pre-programmed messages that can be scheduled out in advance and they connect into Salesforce or Marketo or HubSpot or Eloqua or any marketing system you're using to track your, your prospects and your customers. Uh, so that way, when you're running a marketing program and you're doing campaigns in a major system like a, a Salesforce, uh, you just build those campaigns once in Salesforce. That data flows through, and then we align our content. And as the data changes in Salesforce, the content will just change in your signature automatically. The next time somebody opens the email, it reaches out to Sixter and says, am I on a new campaign? And if the answer is yes, boom, the signature campaign changes, and uh, the marketer doesn't have to do anything. So um, then, if I have people in the database and they're tagged, you know, some are prospects and some are clients and some are, you know, suspects, <clears throat> I can customize my signature file to be different for each of them? That's exactly right. And the employees don't have to do anything, right? It's all centrally deployed through G Suite or Office 365 um, or, or Exchange, depending what technology you use. And uh, so the, the marketing and IT teams deploy it centrally. And, uh, you know, so just like 2 o'clock on a Wednesday. Everyone's signature is now controlled by marketing, and then yeah, they take it from there, and uh, they can make, create the dynamic banners uh, aligned to their uh, existing marketing calendar. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, what uh, kind of campaigns have you run, and what what effects have you seen from doing this? So, there are several use cases. Um, so, I'll walk you through a few. The first major use case are events. So, every marketing uh, you know uh, department has different approaches to events, uh, but pretty much everyone's either running a webinar going to a third-party event or running their own first-party events, hosting dinners, doing field marketing. So um, if you're uh, going to an event, uh, it's a great way to get the awareness out, to drive registrations for the event, to drive people to your booth. Um, so if you're spending a lot of money to uh, you know, get a booth at an event, send your salespeople, you want to drive traffic to, to, your, to your event and to what you're trying to do. So uh, the event use case is great. Companies like VMware use us drive registrations for VMworld. Um, Salesloft is a software company in Atlanta. One out of every okay. eight registration for their first party user conference um, uh, came from a click-through on a, on a fixture banner. So um, there's, a, there's a short time frame and a, and a kind of a clear call to action that performs really well. Uh, we also see our customers doing things um, around new product releases, uh, they're announcing uh, uh, big, big announcements in the signature, um, a lot of rebranding or when acquisitions happen. So if somebody acquires a company, there's no better way to uh, kind of get, get, make sure that this co the corporate branding is applied than to quickly just go apply to everyone's email signature. So uh, branding, events, um, and then top of the funnel kind of marketing activities, uh, white paper downloads, those are the core use cases we see. Well, the different things that people can do with it, you know, uh, any superstars, any people doing stuff that uh, surprises you or that's getting really great results. You said you know, events are doing my, good. What else? Yeah. My, my favorite is Snowflake Computing. Snowflake Computing is one of the fastest growing uh, companies in, in right now in the world. And they hook into the Amazon platform. Uh, it's a technology company. And they're doing account-based marketing. So they're targeting specific accounts. And so every, uh, you know, every uh, month they have a list of target accounts they want their salespeople to target. And so what they do is they upload those accounts to our system 
and then everyone at that domain. So if I email anyone at the, do at the domain for this account, they'll see a personalized banner targeted to them from Snowflake. So um, it can be a one-to-one -one, uh, targeted, or we can blanket an entire domain with a with a kind of a custom call to action, um, and that that performs uh, really well because emails get forwarded around, and um, we 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 use it ourselves uh, on our top accounts. So we have a a pattern called Sixter Loves, and then it has a replacement string with the company we're targeting. So um, Sixter Loves Company X. Well, when you see that, you see your company's name in a banner. You're like, what is that? And you want to click on it. And then it takes you to a landing page where it has information about Sixter. So instead of somebody Googling like a, a, a legal person or a procurement person in my in our sales process, Googling Sixter and then finding other things like competitive, you know, AdWord bidding, it just takes them right to a landing page that we control and they see our messaging and they see what we want them to see. So it's a great way to do account based marketing as well. Yeah, that's pretty smart. Huh. Very interesting. Well, so what uh can a video go in the um, signature file, or is it just a oh, banner? Absolutely, yeah. An animated right, banner, it, you know. That's right. So we will a video itself would be, you you would put a you would put an image that had like a play button on it, uh, just like any email marketing that you would get from let's say you know any kind of email marketing tool. You wouldn't run a live video because the video file would get blocked by the spam filter. So you just put an image in there, HTML. When you click on it, it'll take you to the video, and we can track all the analytics around how many click-throughs we're driving to the videos and all that. Um, but one cool feature we do support is animated GIFs, and a lot of our customers are using this now. Um, subtle animations that draw the human eye towards the image uh, is the best practice. And um, you can also program the image to stop running the animated GIF after, like, say, like five, five run-throughs. Um, that way it's not constantly moving in your inbox and distracting you. Uh, so yeah, our, our customers use that uh, quite a bit. Oh, interesting. Have you seen any uh, difference in using, I, I guess you're saying animated GIFs are great. Um, does that work as well as a video with an arrow on it, you know, a play button on it, or, you know, our banner is good enough? Uh, you know, what are you seeing is like the, the best for this kind of application? Yeah, so we've done a lot of research around this. In fact, we did a, had a partnership with a company called iQuant. iQuant puts goggles on a person's eyes and tracks where the human eye goes uh, and then uh, sees kind of where the mouse goes, right, as they're sort of you know, deciding where to click. And what we found is when there's a clear call to action uh, and when there's a human's face on the image, those two things attract the eye uh, and then attract the click. So uh, we see a lot of people putting their CEO's face or customer's face in there. Um, it's really no different than any kind of content marketing that you find on a website or in advertising. The best practices are to have a clear call to action. You know, a darker background with white text typically draws more attention. Just all the classic thing, things you would apply to regular marketing uh, apply to this. Okay. Does it work with um, <clears throat> email software platforms like um you know, Pardot or uh, Infusionsoft or, you know, Constant Contact, et cetera? It does. In fact, it's HTML. And so we have uh, this little part of our, our product that we call a, a, a platform uh, connector. And so we support Marketo and HubSpot, uh, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, you name it, any uh, SendGrid, right? Uh, any system that sends HTML email. Uh, you would just copy and paste our content signature into there, um, mm -hmm. and then we would replace the. Uh, so, for example, if it's a you know Salesforce, 
uh, email coming out of Salesforce, then we would paste the, co- the code into the HTML template. You'd paste it once, and then uh, that's it. Once it's copied in there, then uh, the email goes out of a part of, and then when the image changes in Fixture, the campaign banner changes in Fixture, it changes in your Outlook, and it changes in your part of all at the same time. Okay, so the, the dashboard is in Fixture, and you could have multiple campaigns running based on tags and all kinds of stuff, right? That's right. Our customers run dozens of campaigns at a time. That's really cool. Huh. Very interesting. Um, all right. It, any other places in the email that you're considering, you know, influencing any dynamic subject line type stuff or, uh, you know, in the body of the email, or are you just staying in the signature part? Well, we've got the signatures product. We've got a second product, which is called Pulse, which is a brand new product, which is launched. And what that does is it takes all the metadata we're capturing because we've got, you know, 400 plus customers, hundreds of thousands of employees run Fixture inside of their email today. And so with our customers' permission, we capture things like who's opening the mail, who's clicking, who's replying. That's all analytics we provide back in our app today. But we've taken that and we've put that data into a graph database now, kind of a a new technology that maps the relationships that your employees have with your customers and prospects and scores that relationship and then gives that relationship score back to you. So you can tell you, hey, what are my top accounts or my top contacts in Seattle? Um, It's hard to get that data out of your CRM. And a lot of times the email interactions don't get logged in the CRM. So we provide that back to the marketer so they can use that data in the remarketing. So that's the brand new product we just launched, kind of the second part of the platform. Well, what's an example of what would make a customer interaction better than another? What do you look for? So uh, if if I email you 100 times and you never reply, then we have no relationship. But if we're emailing back and forth and there are, let's say, seven different people I have email strings with at a domain, then I have a wide relationship and I have a strong relationship score. So there's lead scoring, like when people come to your website, and that's a good signal of intent. But relationship scoring is based on real live email and calendar invite acceptance. So you have, we, we think we have a better signal of intent uh, than like what a regular lead scoring algorithm might give you. So the, the, the calendar and the email system, we think, is a better way to measure relationships. Um, so that's what we're providing back to the marketer. What about uh, response time or length of response? I mean, I guess you could take it pretty far. You can analyze. Yeah. You know, again, if you're emailing I mean, someone, how long it takes them to respond and if they give the short replies or long or maybe even keywords so we, in the replies. I mean, you can really go crazy. Yeah. So we, we, don't read, we don't read the body. We don't read the subject line. We don't capture attachments. We explicitly don't touch that part of the email uh, by design. It's not a part of the system we want to – we don't want to store your email data. We want to store the metadata. So who's emailing who and when, and yeah, the frequency, the time to reply, uh, how, like if we haven't emailed for two years, that's going to be, you know, it's going to decay the relationship score. Um, that's all metadata we want. Uh, we're not, we're not into parsing bodies and subject lines and attachments. Uh, it's just uh, from a privacy perspective, we just don't want to go there. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So what, what size of an organization uh, can use things to do? Do you have to be pretty large or is it fine for uh, even smaller organizations? You know, we serve from the SMB up to the largest enterprises in the world. So you'll see some of the logos on our website, uh, you know, big enterprises with 55,000 employees running, running Sigster down to, you know, 50 person shops. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, it runs the gamut. Um, you know, we tend to 
do well when you've got uh, client-facing teams, salespeople, customer success, marketing, HR, when they're out recruiting, trying to draw candidates into your business. Uh, when you have those kinds of customer or recruiting kind of teams, uh, that's where we do best. Hmm. Okay. And uh, I don't know, if, where do people go to find the price points and the types of plans and everything that you have? Yeah, it's all on the website. So you can view our plans at fixture.com. You can go to the website and, and navigate to the pricing page. All right, and then quick question with, um, you know, the new regulation with the GDPR regulation in Europe, is that affecting how Sixter works or how you work with clients in various countries? Oh, absolutely it is. I mean, we've taken GDPR very seriously because we're, um, you know, dealing with, with email. Um, and in our case, cause with GDPR, there are two different kinds of what the law calls entities. There's controllers, data controllers, and then data processors. Um, so in our case, uh, in the case of, of, of Sixter, we are a processor and our customers' data are con- they're, they're our customers are the controllers. So um, we are not controlling the data. Uh, we just process it. Um, so what that does is it you know, has specific ramifications for what, you know, how we approach it. We have a data protection officer. So we appointed um, a DPO uh, to help us run the project of A, getting GDPR compliant, and then now maintaining it. So uh, this person has a security and privacy background. And what he did is he helped us develop, develop kind of four key features around GDPR. Um, when we read the regulations, what we understood is that it's important to be able to export any of the data that you're capturing, delete any of the data you're capturing. And then what we found was we just wanted to let customers configure a data retention policy. So if they don't want to keep data for more than 30 days, just let them let them configure a policy. So we built an a user interface inside of our app that lets customers self-service do all these things um, on their own. So if they want to find somebody's record and delete it, if they want to set a retention policy, I mean, they can call us and we'll help them do it, of course, but they can do it on their own. So we decided to make it a self-service feature and make it a selling point for the platform. Um, so we could demo it and show people a screen. Kind of people will say, "Hey, are you GDPR compliant?" Well, how do you show somebody that? People can right, they can yeah. believe you if you just say it. But we, I thought, let's just surface it in the user interface in a way that uh, shows it. So uh, we did that, and that's worked really well. I think it's served us well in the market to to build it that way. That's really cool. That's a great idea. Hmm. All right. Well, very interesting. Uh, what What do you guys have planned for the next six months or a year with new features or software is coming that you can talk about? Yeah, so we've got big growth plans. So our vision by 2020 is to have a million people running Sixter inside their email signature. Um, and then for our new our new product, uh, which is the one called Pulse, that relationship intelligence piece I, I described to you, um, you know, we're just rolling that out uh, this quarter. Uh, so we announced that product uh, a few weeks ago. Um, uh, we are going to all the trade shows, the HubSpot inbounds, the Dreamforces, and telling everyone about it. Um, and so we'll, we'll continue to invest in, in both parts of our, our platform. Um, so I think some of the, the big things uh, that you'll see from us are just really enterprise scale like features. We've just got more and more enterprise customers demanding that. And when we build those kinds of features, it benefits all of our customers. Um, so that's uh, that's you know, part of our plan is just you know making sure we have the scale and infrastructure to handle the growth um and that uh we're putting that first um along with of course building lots of features you know so deeper integrations into more platforms we have a product integration to salesforce marketo hubspot we're we're just ready to finish the eloqua one 
We are building an Uberflip integration on the content side. So I think you'll see a lot more of integrations from Sixer, productized integrations, because marketers are making these investments in these big platforms, and we just want to make their investments stronger. And that's that's worked well for us in the uh, in the market, and, and marketers like it when we make it easy for them to to maximize the return on investment. All right, very good. Well, Brian, thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, interesting solution, and uh, I'm actually going to check it out myself. So thank you. All right, appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.